Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode nine, season two. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. If you've been here a while, say it with me. Don't take notes. I've taken notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing photography. It's what I do for a living. I'm a food and product photographer. If you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you have episode ideas, if you need, I don't know, culinary sleuthing of any kind, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's go on a food adventure. Okay. So today's episode, today's episode, I mentioned it in an Instagram post earlier this week. Today's episode, I'm doing like a mini episode um, about Ukrainian food because I like so many of you, I'm sure most of you, if not all of you out there in the world, it's, it's heartbreaking what is going on in Ukraine. It's heartbreaking what's going on in a lot of places around the world. Um, Ukraine's getting the most amount of attention about it right now. Um, and it's, it's so multi-layered. Uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's, I go into these huge, you know, spirals, doom spirals of looking, on the on the internet of like what's going on reading articles seeing videos in instagram and everything else and it's 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 hard it's i i keep going back to the words heartbreaking because that that's what i mean that's how i feel about it and there just comes a point and i say this knowing i'm standing in a a place of privilege to say this that i have to take a break and i to recharge my battery so i can go back out and try to use my voice to fight another day, spread some more joy, you know, stand up for people who can't be, can't stand up for themselves right now, you know, like whatever it is. But I have to find a way to, to recharge my batteries a little bit. And I thought one of the things that, you know, I wanted to do as somebody who is a huge lover of food is to try to shine a little light in this horrible darkness that's going on in the world in that in that part of the world in Ukraine full disclosure I didn't know a lot about Ukrainian cuisine before I started researching it um and you know I admit that there's there's a lot of things in the world I don't know I know I know I know it's hard to believe but it's true and so I wanted to educate myself on the people, the culture, the food, because that's near and dear to my heart. 
as well as um, reach out to a handful of Ukrainian food bloggers to help get their stories told, uplift them a little more, uplift the community, learn more about the traditions, culinary traditions, family, history, life, what, what it's like to live in Ukraine. So I'm uh, working on finalizing a couple of interviews. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, I thought we would just chit chat for a moment together about some of the things I've been making this week that maybe it'll inspire you to do some Ukrainian cooking in your own kitchen, as well as a few organizations that I um, gave or am currently giving to. I um, If you don't have the means to do that, there's other ways you can support the efforts in Ukraine. Um, even if it's just making a donation of getting feminine products or, I mean, there, the list goes on and on about what is needed for these people. Like, for example, my cousin and his wife, in, they live in southern Italy. They dropped everything and flew to the border of Poland and Ukraine and are there helping out. I mean, it's... It's so humbling and wonderful to see the world come together to help what's what's going on and the reaction of it. I truly hope that when this goes on in other places of the world that might not be predominantly white or in Europe, that the response is the same. But, uh, you know, that's a, it's a conversation for another day, an important conversation, I think. So if you're like me and you're looking for ways to give back um, and you have the financial means to do so, I think there's some wonderful organizations beyond, I mean, there's so, there are so, so, so many, you know, UNICEF, uh, Doctors Without Borders. The one that I personally donate to and absolutely love is the World Central Kitchen. It was founded by Chef Jose Andreas in um, 2010. And they provide, they're, you know, they're, they're amazing. And they are there the moment something happens. And um, they are on the front lines providing meals in response to humanitarian climate commu community crises while working to build resilient food systems um, that are locally led solutions. They have served over 60 million fresh meals to people impacted by natural, sorry, it's all over in the background, um, impacted by natural disasters and other crises around the world. Their resilience program strengthens food and nutrition security by training chefs and school cooks, advancing clean cooking practices and awarding grants to you know farms, fisheries, small food businesses, and they do so, so, so much. Um, and right now they are there. They've been there. They are doing everything they can to help with these efforts. Um, so I, I just, my heart is, it, it, it checks so many of the boxes for me personally um, of my own ethos. And so if you that is that is one that I highly recommend uh, and love near and dear. So if you have the means to do so and you are looking for a place to give back, I, I love that. The other thing I really love is that so many, um, even local businesses, businesses that, and you can, you know, do a little research on your own and figure out 
who in your community is giving back. For example, there is, as a photographer, I use a lot of different backgrounds, backdrops, surfaces. And there's this one called Poppy and B, P-O-P-P-Y-B-E-E surfaces. And they're based out of Vermont. Husband and wife team. One, they make amazing products. Absolutely love their products. I think they are some of the, the better surfaces out there. Love uh, that they are here in New England. So I love supporting them in that way too. They donated all of their sales to, I think it was either a day or two days um, to Ukraine. So if you can find organizations, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, somebody I interviewed last year, they donated all of their sales this past weekend, which I think totaled $1.6 million in sales to uh, Ukraine. So there's some wonderful organizations out there who are, one, donating their sales and profits to Ukraine for whatever amount of time they can do so. And two, then you're supporting um, the organization by buying their products. And you know, it's it, it's it, it's just, there's more that you can do if, if you're already looking to say buy something, see if there's an organization or a company that is doing something that is a little more multi-layered that you can then give back a little bit to. Um, I know, for example, there was a lot of people that were finding Ukrainian sellers on Etsy and artists that had digital assets that they could buy and they were just buying up all of their digital assets so they could still send income to these artists and sellers without them needing to ship anything. You know, I mean, there are a lot of good people out in this world. So be one of them. Be a good human. <laughs> lead, like I always say, lead with kindness. Lead with kindness. All right, let's switch gears for a second and let's talk about some Ukrainian food. So... The recipes I made this this past week. This was a fun eating and cooking week here in uh, my kitchen. I'm not going to lie. And I, you know, my family is from, my dad's side is from Hungary. So, which isn't too far away from Ukraine. Um, Eastern European vibes. And I still really did not know or have a firm understanding of Ukrainian food. Um, I'm not going to lie. So I'm still educating myself on this. And I've only dipped my toe into the like Ukrainian food pond. And I plan on swimming in it because the food is delicious. Um, and I'll get into what I made in a second. But, you know, the, when you think of this food, it does share a lot of similarities with other countries in that area. Like, for example... One of their bigger dishes is definitely borscht, which is the beet soup. Um, and it people just love it. And it is one of those things that like I, I from my understanding, it's like you have a borscht recipe and I, I could be pronouncing this wrong and I deeply apologize that like your family does and it gets passed down from generation to generation and like you can eat it with garlic fritters garlic is a big thing too in ukraine like a lot of food um they have big big bold flavors uh not like spicy flavors but like bold garlicky flavors um so what did i make well first and foremost um if you've been watching the news 
you know that the capital of the capital city of Ukraine is not pronounced Kiev, it's pronounced Kiev. And I could I could not I might be saying that their Ukrainian pronunciation right, but I believe it's Kiev. Kiev is the Russian pronunciation of the Ukrainian capital. So I encourage you to uh, educate yourself and try to pronounce it the way Ukrainians pronounce it, which I believe is Kiev. So Kiev, there, there is a very famous dish called Chicken Kiev, which is one of the top when you Google Ukrainian food, borscht comes up first and then chicken Kiev comes up close second, if not like they're neck and neck. And this dish is a little labor intensive, uh, but if you can, and I don't even think it's that labor intensive, but anyway, I'll get to the point. If you can uh, plan ahead a snudge, a touch, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, you'll be able to pull this off. So it's basically you take, you make a compound butter, which is just you take a stick of butter, leave it on the counter for a day overnight, and then take it. It'll be super nice and soft. Plop it in a bowl, mix in some fresh herbs. Uh, I think traditionally it's parsley and garlic. And then you, if you had other fresh herbs like dill, um, that's probably the only other one I would use. Maybe tarragon, maybe. Um, if you wanted to get crazy, a little lemon zest, but we're trying to stay with and honor the, uh, the OG chicken keef. So, uh, you take the compound butter, you take your chicken breast and you make a little pocket in it with a knife. Don't go all the way. Don't pierce it all the way through. Just a nice little deep pocket. Pro tip, if you add a snudge, a touch of flour, and I'm talking like if it's a stick of butter maybe a decent teaspoon of flour up in there. It'll help actually make the butter turn more into a sauce inside the chicken than just butter. So anyway, you take take a snudge of flour, mix that into the, the compound butter. Then you take about a teaspoon of the butter, smush it into the chicken pocket. And, <laughs> I know. And then you close it up just with your, your fingers and then flour, egg, panko, put it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Put it in the freezer. You're going to put it in the freezer for like, I don't know, 45 minutes-ish. Take it out of the freezer. Now you're going to fry it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you cut it open, oh, it, if done right, <laughs> and the butter doesn't ooze everywhere, it is a magical chicken experience. So, and I um, made that with some artichoke hearts mm -hmm, that I braised oh, with lemon and more butter. Because, hey, you know, as my mom says, in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, another thing that I made was a Ukrainian Easter bread. Okay. Your girl and, and bread making, it is something I am still trying to get better at. I'm not, I am not, uh, it is, a, there's things that come very naturally to me in the kitchen. Bread making is not one of them, but, but that being said, if I take my time, follow the recipe and the uh, yeast gods like want to shower me with their amazingness, then um, magic can happen. So 
because it's so freaking cold here in New England, yeast and coldness do not go well together. My house is uh, a nice, toasty 68 degrees. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't think that was warm enough for the little yeasty guys. So you're basically making this like sweet, I don't want to call it a brioche dough, but it's like a sweet bread dough, right? Like there's butter in it. There's more milk. There's a little sugar. Um, and you, you want it to at least when it's proofing double in size is what the recipe said. Oh my God. It would, I was on the struggle bus. Like the struggle bus came. I had a, a freaking ticket to nowhere with it. I tried everything to make this stupid thing double in size. I took, so I have this like um ceramic mixing bowl and I thought to myself, okay, because, because the kitchen's not that warm, I'm going to take, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to admit this. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I'm going to take this ceramic bowl and like what, I, in, in the morning, in the morning, I am, for my coffee, I always heat up my mug with hot water first. I know. And then I dump the hot water out and then I put the coffee in. So then the warm mug keeps the coffee warmer longer. So I thought in my head, if I heat, if I dump boiling water in the ceramic bowl, let it warm up for a minute, throw the water out and then dry it really good, maybe that'll help. And then you put saran wrap over it. Maybe the residual heat will help the little yeasty guys get wicked excited. Okay, so I tried that. I looked at it like maybe an hour, almost two hours later, no go. They are asleep. I'm like, oh, God damn it. So then <laughs> we have, like our house is 100 years old. So we have um, steam radiators, right? Like big ones that are pretty, but they, they you know, they're in the room. So they're not like the baseboard, like they're the big. So anyway, I take <laughs> the bowl this time and I was like, well, if I put it like on top of one of the radiators and then I took because they're, you know, I don't know, three feet off the ground or they're high up, high enough up that if the bowl fell, then it would be a freaking, it would smash on the hardwood floors. So I take like towels and slippers and I make this like little, <laughs> this little nook around the bowls next to the radiators. So it would like sort of keep it warm and, and toasty. Oh my God. So then two more hours go by. Okay, now we're in a little business. All right, so now some duct tape, some chewing gum and some hope. I think this bread's gonna rise. So it's, I wouldn't say doubled in size, but like it's, you know, as good as it's going to get, I feel like at this point. So I take it out, I roll it. And the filling for this is farmer's cheese, which is basically like ricotta sort of. So I, I got a really good local ricotta, um, orange zest, some chopped up apricots, uh, sugar and vanilla. Oh, and an egg, I think. So mixy, mixy, mixy. You smear it all over, you like roll the dough into a rectangle, smear the stuff all in the rectangle, and then you roll it up like a log, cut it like in the center, but don't cut the, the like leave one side intact because you're gonna braid it and you're gonna invert 
the the layers as you braid it. So then you've got these beautiful layers cut like it's like dough, cheesy filling, dough, cheesy filling, right? And they're braided on top of each other. And then you put it into a buttered loaf pan. And then you got to <laughs> then you got to get it to proof again for like I don't know. Said 40 minutes, it should double in size again. I don't know where where in the country you are or the world you are that a damn thing's doubling in size again. I couldn't even get it double in size the first time. So my my radiator trick didn't work. We have a warming drawer in our kitchen. And I know what you're thinking, why didn't I use the warming drawer to begin with? Because I forgot and I didn't. And the radiator was warm enough and so I tried that. And plus it was cute when I made like its little sleeping nook to, you know, keep it nice and cozy. So anyway, I uh, put it in the warming drawer and I put it on low because the thing gets wicked hot. (sighs) I was smelling what I thought smelled like melted plastic wrap. So like 15 minutes in and I was like, "Mm, I just don't think this is a good idea. So I pulled it out. Plastic wrap was not melting. Maybe it was psychosomatic. Maybe it was my intuition. Maybe it was a little from column A, a little from column B. Who the hell knows? So I pull it out. I, it's like, you're going in the oven, dude. Like, we're going to try this. Some hope. Again, fingers crossed. Put it in the oven. Mm, 45 minutes later, I'm up here recording something or I was I was working on something. And all of a sudden, I smell the most heavenly smells coming from my kitchen. I was like, that motherfucker, I think it's done. So I go downstairs, open up the oven, which is always like, it's either going to be the best moment of my life when it's a baked good in there, or it's like a, oh, right? Open it up. Oh my God, it looked beautiful. I was like, I please don't deflate. Like a souff- like it's a souffle. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So then I pull it out, put it on the counter. I was like, is it done? That's the other thing. Like there's so many layers to this stupid thing. And sorry, it's not stupid. It's delicious. Is it done? Is it going to be a doughy mess on the inside? Who knows? Who knows? That That baby was done. It was. It is so good. I will link this recipe. I'm going to link the chicken kiev recipe and I will link this Easter bread recipe. Oh my God, is it good? It's not overly sweet. It's so perfect with like afternoon tea or coffee. (laughs) If I can do it, you can do it. That I promise you. So the last thing I made this week was this savory chicken and cabbage. I believe it's pronounced pirog. uh, P-I- R-O-G. And it's this stuffed, this like not super high, I know me and bread, stuffed bread that's like, it's almost flat like a very large, this is going to sound silly, but kind of like a very large like crunch wrap if you've ever had one from Taco Bell. <laughs> but it's big. Like it's it's like, you know, dinner size for people. And like you take a slice and have that with the salad or we had it with a salad, but um, it's got this gorgeous savory chicken and cabbage and um, you, it, uh, what are the other flavors in it? It was like, they had, there's a little sour cream in it, butter, garlic, um, some herbs like parsley or dill, 
And then the top of the the bread dough is it's got some sesame seeds on it, a little more parsley. Oh, it was it was really good. Labor intensive, a snudge, because again, me and I'm like head on with this whole bread phobia. It's not really a phobia. I shouldn't say that. I enjoy I really enjoy baking bread and like dinner rolls and pizza dough and all of the things. Um, it's just me, it, just, it takes me a minute to, to get there with it. You know what I mean? I'm a little more trial and error with my bread baking skills, but hey, your girl keeps trying. Uh, just cause I might get on the struggle bus doesn't mean I stay on it. I get off of it and then I get on the, the success bus. So take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it. But anyway, I'm going to link all three recipes in the show notes. I really highly encourage you guys to... Get in your kitchens, learn about Ukrainian food, learn about Ukrainian culture, and shine a little light in the darkness of what the heck's going on. And if you can, support some organizations that are helping on the ground there in Ukraine and for the Ukrainian people and educate yourself on other things too that are going on in the world um, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that could all use our help. and. If you have the means, the bandwidth, the love in your heart to do so, I highly encourage you to um, get out of the doom spiral for a minute that is the internet and news and try to do a little more and uplift. And even, like I said, make some Easter bread, share it with a neighbor, share it with a friend, tell a story, explain, you know, what it is and why you made it. And even that might help a little bit. So I hope, I hope that this inspired you a snooch, a touch, a snooch. Head over to my website for all of the show notes, elizabethrfuller.com. If you have questions for me, send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure, gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys lead with lots of kindness as always make some yummy food this weekend and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.